Brown saying she no longer believes the Earth is flat, to cryptocurrency and all the latest going-ons there. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name is Henry. And my name is uh, Millie Bobby Drown. <laughs> I meant that to be like a combination of John and Brown, but it sounds like I'm wanting her to drown, and I don't. And Anola Holmes 2 is fine. And together we're Henry and John hates Millie Bobby Brown for some reason, coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist in order to make the world a rounder place. Have you... We'll get into that first part here in a second. Um, but do you have any uh, names for Millie Bobby Brown? Is this a thing that came out of my friend group? Because every time I see her, and I say this to my now wife, and she repeats it, uh, a very specific name. <laughs> do you, do you uh, have, okay, wait, do you have like a, a nickname uh, a... for Millie Bobby Brown that you happen to say or think upon sight? A specific nickname for for Millie Bobby Brown? Yes. Eleven? I don't know. I, for some reason, every time I see her unexpectedly on something, I say, oh, Millie Bobby Beanie. And (laughs) I don't know where this came from. And my wife backs me up on this and just knows that this this is what we call her. And I don't know where this came from. I feel like that came from deep inside your soul, John. Maybe that should have been her name. Millie Bobby Beanie. No, I, I cannot say. I'm familiar with that uh, nom de clair. What do they call those? Nom de plumes? Nom de air? Nom de guerre. Nom de guerre. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that one. I can't say. I just call her Millie Bobby Bibbidi. Is a nom de guerre like a, like a, nick, like a war nickname? Like a general buck naked? Uh, Nam de Guerre is an assumed name under which a person engages in combat or some other activity or enterprise. Uh, for instance, Rambo. Oh, well, he doesn't go by Rambo. Also, that's his name. Well, some people have, have stolen it for themselves oh i see oh so like if someone were to go into battle they'd use this name instead of their given name right it's their war name as you said like share yes or sunny uh sunny did not fight a lot oh okay well my my misunderstood yeah share vicious it's like batman huh Batman is Bruce Wayne's nom de guerre. Oh, and his uh, nom de plume is, of course, J.K. Rowling. (laughs) Oh, those are both good jokes. You know, good, you know, points to us. I heard you opening a beverage, Henry. That is correct, John. I went back and forth on whether or not I would drink tonight, and I, instead of making a choice... Decided to drink the lightest thing in my fridge. I'm drinking that traditional American lager, Yingling. Oh, Yingling, the uh, the one the 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 company whose president was very pro-Trump. Yes, it is America's oldest amber beer, 
and it says right here on the bottle, Trump is still president. How interesting of copy that it says that. You know, I thought uh, Yingling maybe didn't know how to read the room when they named their dark beer Black and Tan, uh, but it turns out they're even worse than I thought. Well, I've got some copy to read here for you, John, if you're if you're w- willing to receive it. Yes, I will. I'm always down to accept beer copy, even from hateful beer. Here we go. Uh, this comes from Yingling, the oldest amber beer in America. Their copy reads, Government warning, according to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy because of the risk of birth defects. Consumption of alcoholic beverages impairs your ability to drive a car or operate machinery and may cause health problems. I'm really trying to get where the joke is there. Uh, yeah, you know, whereas some people lean into some sort of like thematic sort of marketing like that one about the lady getting lost in the desert trying to find the greatest margarita cactuses. Uh, this one doesn't seem to have any of that fun theme Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that we'll, uh, if we think about it long enough, you know when you read one of those things, you're like, this is so dry, there's got to be some humor buried in here somewhere. I mean, Maybe. the word pregnancy is really funny. Maybe that's what they're going for. Yeah. It could just be like they could be a misfire trying to find some cool word phrases, but it just didn't work. Oh, like a word cloud, like a word cloud, or like a um. I just blanked completely on my entire <laughs> life. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you, you forgot everything you've I ever forgot, learned or done. Forgot, yeah, I forgot everything in ex- in existence. Well, Henry, I can save you and describe my beverage if that would be helpful to you. That'll be good. Yeah, Yingling tastes like uh um like a better Bud Light. Like a so like a Budweiser, perhaps. Like a like a darker Budweiser. I uh it's just a macro beer. They're all kind of the same, I hate to admit if they're from America. Whoopsie doopsie. Whoopsie Dupsie, indeed. I'm, John, what, I know what you, that what, 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 uh, what, what, you, what, what, you, what are you, 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 John, what are you, 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 John, what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> uh, so much like you, Henry, don't worry, I'll cut all that out. Uh, Good. Uh, much like you, Henry, I also went back and forth on whether or not I was going to drink tonight. Uh, and I am drinking an H-E-B sweetened mandarin orange sparkling water beverage because, Henry, let me level with you. Things in my life have gotten kind of out of hand. Oh, no. Are you okay? I'm okay. I... So we, we went on our honeymoon, and you know how honeymoons are spent. They're just spent, like, drunk off your ass and eating delicious food... And kind of living it up in a way that you think, oh, this can't possibly continue into my day-to-day life. This is my window to indulge. And uh, that really wasn't the case for me. I continued (laughs) to indulge, uh, have been drinking too much. And just, I woke up on Monday, my first day back to work, and I was like, I'm hungover. 
and a little bit drunk and also high and it's like 8 a.m and it's monday and i need to go to work oh no and it just was not a good feeling so i think i need to pull some levers get some stuff back under control and yeah just just modulate the old alcohol intake for a little while yeah we're, we're absolutely heading into the colder days the darker times the holiday season and and just it it it, it, it I don't know what it is. Before your wedding, I was doing a time of fasting and eating and eating lighter uh, to fit into that suit that I wore to your wedding. Look great. Then, thank you. Oh, my God. You didn't have to say that. I didn't. And yet I did. Oh, God. Uh, and then, like, your wedding kicked off a celebration uh, because, well, we're here to celebrate. The only problem is I then kept celebrating I haven't yes, sounds stopped familiar to me. <laughs> celebrating because like after your wedding, we went to like a housewarming party, celebrated there. Then the next weekend, we threw a party where we, you know, had a fire party, lit stuff on fire, ate a bunch of stuff, drank too much. And, and this upcoming week, I, I've got another party that I'm going to. So it's like the celebrations just keep rolling. So it's just like I, I when I'm not celebrating, I need to be under better control of myself so hence the lighter fare tonight um because uh, it was still a tough day so cut me some slack oh no i'm not gonna judge you for drinking oh i i feel it i hear it i mean i'm judging you a lot but i'm not saying that i'm judging you right right uh but no i i I really totally agree because the celebration for train for me just kept kind of rolling. And there's this very popular, uh, phrase, not phrase like axiom within like health culture. And that is everyone spends so much time thinking about what they eat between Thanksgiving and new year's. But what they should really be thinking about is what they eat between new year's and Thanksgiving, whatever. Right, uh, right. And that's Flip. useful. Yeah, the old turn of phrase there. Yeah, it's a it's a useful turn of phrase. But I also think that that can be maybe uh, magnified down a little bit to say you really shouldn't worry about like what you consume at a party too much. But if between parties you're drinking every day, that might be a problem. Yeah, yeah. If once the party is over for everyone else, you don't also switch back to a normal mode, that's where you got to start introspecting and and pulling back like you're doing now. So good job, John. Yeah, I also read the definition of alcohol use disorder clinically, and it's prob- it's not looking good for old John. Oh, no. Do do you have easy access to that? Uh, So moderate drinking is considered to be anything between like seven and ten drinks per week. That's light to moderate. And then anything over 12 going up to 24 is considered alcohol use disorder, a.k.a. alcoholism. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, and that's for an entire week. And I think... I didn't reach that number frequently, but right. I think I flirted with that number more than I'd really like to. Yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely. If you're getting close to the danger zone as outlined by like medical professionals, I think they've done the research, you know. I think I'm going to trust the science on this one. 
And uh, yeah, I'm going to agree. Maybe uh, pull back. I mean, if we trusted the science, none of us would ever drink because this shit's terrible for you. No, no, no. Science says I can drink. Oh, yeah. There is a I was reading in the DSM five. There is a section that says Henry can drink. Yeah. Henry needs it to function like a normal person. Henry's special and Henry needs it. Yeah, no, it's 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 like all addictive substances. It's a crutch. Yeah. And believe me, crutches are so addictive. <laughs> oh my god. When I broke my ankle, god damn I was on those things for 18 years. Because <laughs> once yeah. they're under you, you you don't realize how much of a drag it is to walk. Okay. Without a crutch. <laughs> this is great. Keep it up. Keep you just going. don't realize. But when you've got crutches, ooh, life becomes a dream. It's a codependency is what I, I mean. Yeah, you know? no. You you used it correctly. Okay. <laughs> I, I was just thinking it's funny that people talk about things being crutches. Uh, as if they like make life more pleasurable, or e- which I get. Like it's it's a thing that you lean on, are dependent on. Look, it helps I'll, you get through. All uh, I'm saying is, when you broke your ankle, it was really weak of you to use a crutch. You should have <laughs> yes. just gotten through life without it. You know, I don't drink coffee. You shouldn't use crutches. I should have gone cold turkey. Yeah, you should have gone you should have used a cold turkey to get around i just wish my doctor was willing to show me more tough love than just prescribing me a crutch whenever i needed one <laughs> do they really prescribe one or do they just toss one at you and they're like here get you need this to get around in my limited experience they're like you're gonna need crutches and you're like do you give me those? I'm like, well, you, you actually go to a drugstore to buy them. And I was oh. like, well, how do I get from here to the drugstore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These these are the problems you don't think about till you're in it. Yeah. I think they can give you crutches, but, you know, they, they bill them for like $1,400. Yeah. They, it's, it's an upcharge of a billion percent. And also, your insurance will not cover it. Can I can I order a lift priority and put in the notes, you have to carry me out of the hospital into the lift and then drive me to a drugstore? <laughs> I will tip. Yeah. You know, it's like, please, please only show up if you can lift uh, <laughs> me a six foot, you know, I'm... A six foot tall man. Oh, uh, you wanted to guess how much I weighed there? Is that it? No, Is that what I was going to try to do. I wasn't. I I was purposefully not bringing up the weight. Okay, thank you. You it's brought up three hundred and eighty pounds. <laughs> I don't believe you unless it's, it's all muscle, baby. <laughs> it's all brains. <laughs> I got this really heavy brain. It look at my neck. It is crunched to hell because my brain weighs five hundred pounds. I had to get my neck replaced with a titanium rod. That's the worst mutant ability. Big brain. Big heavy brain. Heavy brain, not smart. Heavy brain, not smart. That's uh, okay. Wow. Can't lose. 
There's a lot going on in the world today, John. Mm. I figured I might read just a couple of headlines that we can touch on, but we don't have to dive too deeply into, because frankly, a lot of this is over our heads. I mean, let's be real here. I mean, there's a there's a lot happening, and that is over. I'm, I'm just agreeing with everything you said, but let's go for it. Yeah, all right. So uh, today, actually, this happened across the entire world from us, so I don't know where in the timeline of days it took place, um, but a Russian missile missiles struck a city in Poland, killing Ooh. two people. Yeah, that's not a good one. Which has elevated this incursion by Russia into Ukraine to the level of international incident to from a, a NATO alliance protected country. Yeah, I I mean I truly hate everything that's happening in Ukraine and this just pushes it further into the potential thermonuclear war direction, right. which I don't love. Yeah, not for the first time in the past uh, couple of months. Uh, World War Three was trending on Twitter. Not to bring up the hell site, but it's just a good finger. It's a it's it's a pulse of where people are 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 what they're thinking. And uh, if you were on the internet at all today, you saw memes come up with uh, the the phrase Article Five. Okay, I'm not familiar with Article 5. So I thought we would briefly cover Article 5. Um, This is, of course, Article 5 of the NATO Treaty. Uh, And Article 5 states that the parties to the NATO Treaty agree that an armed attack against one or more of them in Europe or North America shall be considered an attack against them all. Okay. Meaning this, this... Either erroneous, misguided, or intentional missile strike on Poland, a NATO treaty protected country, resulting in the death of two Poles. I think Poles. That's right. Yeah. The death of two Poles. If this Article 5 were be t- to be invoked, that means Putin just killed two members of NATO and he attacked all of the members of NATO. I I would maybe, not siding with Russia here, but maybe siding, erring on the, erring on the side of not starting global thermonuclear war. I don't know that even a charitable reading, because first of all, I don't think that there is any way that Russia would willfully attack Poland. Right. Uh, there's absolutely no way, and I don't think even a charitable reading of that would construe a an accident as an armed attack. So you're saying Article 5 shouldn't be invoked, which honestly, not, again, same same sentiment, not defending Russia, but honestly should could be for the best. Let's not throw ourselves into a wholesale full global warfare situation uh but i mean there are a lot of people out there doing some weird escalationism that's oh no
And that's uh, all we have to say about the situation in Russia. I'm sorry, the military action in Ukraine. Right. Um, we have had several interruptions for this recording session, just inexplicably losing connection to each other and dropping from uh, the call, which we can only interpret as Russian censorship. I will say the last time we lost connection, I did see an AK-74 assault rifle uh, pull the Ethernet cable out of my laptop. Yeah, um, that is no good. Yeah, it came out of of the wall, just unplugged it. Yep, and uh, you know, sometimes in between the lyrics of Taylor Swift, oddly enough, I hear... The the faint whispers of the Russian national anthem. And you know, listen, the most important thing is Russia doesn't control our lives in any way. I'm just going to go over a couple things I enjoy. Uh, dash cams, track suits, alcoholism. These things are just things that I enjoy. I like potato vodka the best. It's the best. It's so good. If you make vodka from other root vegetables, you're wrong. Straight to gulag. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to move on quickly. I said I was going to read some headlines. So let's just go on to the next headline and hopefully we don't get censored further. Hopefully Um, it's much lighter than the last one. All right. Here we go. The FBI is extremely concerned about China's influence through TikTok on U.S. users. Uh, okay. That is lighter for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, China, of course, being the majority shareholder of the TikTok uh, app. It's an app. And uh, they've been collecting data on all of their... Okay, so we tried to talk about how the Chinese were infiltrating the U.S. through TikTok, and we got censored again, so. I mean, I'm not going to say definitively that we were being censored, um, but there is starting to be an increasing corpus of evidence that this might be happening. Yeah, I, I don't think we should jinx it or push our luck so i think we should just forget about that story let's just jump to anything else yeah any any other headline that's not about like a major power or anyone who would have the ability to like stop us from what we're doing right right exactly um i i have just one last headline to get through wait Mm -hmm. no i had another story where did that story go Oh, no. All right, I've got two more headlines to get through, and they're not about major powers at all. In fact, they're about celebrities, the least powerful people on the planet. Yeah, the um, the peasants of the world. Right. So um, this past Saturday on a certain little program that airs on Saturday nights, and they happen to be broadcast live, uh, one comedian, Dave Chappelle was the uh the the headliner the host as it were cool uh and here here i i want you to 
The headline reads, Dave Chappelle's SNL lands biggest audience of the season. Uh-huh. I don't know. Thoughts about that? Oh, I mean, I don't know. Dave Chappelle. Here's, here's my issue with Dave Chappelle. Outside of the fact that, like, he appears to be a transphobe. Uh, his stuff's just not good lately. Like, I, I really don't think it's it's that funny. I don't think he's really, like, evolved as an artist in the intervening time. And it seems like a lot of people use like getting canceled as an excuse to stop honing their craft. And I think that he is guilty of that. Uh, So whenever he pulls in like record numbers or makes ways for like hosting a thing or showing up to like a party or an open mic, I'm, I'm just not that interested. Yeah. Dude sucks. Allegedly. It, I mean, it's unfortunate because he used to be such like a like a, a voice of reason in crazy times for a lot of people. Um, but then, unfortunately, we've seen this happen a lot. Um, he got rich. Yeah, he got rich and then he started to suck. It, it happens when, to friends, it happens to family, and it happens to artists. Yeah, yeah. I, I was reading some just you know, speculation today, no, no official sources or anything. Um, but there seems to be a trend among people who get rich that once they get rich, they stop interacting with culture in meaningful ways. Uh, yeah, that seems about right from my anecdotal evidence, right from this is all pure anecdotal evidence. Um, but the example that this person gave was that, uh, Eminem, uh, once he got big, he uh, he did the the sh- the MTV show Cribs, and you know had people walk walked people through his home, and uh, apparently, I, so this I, I haven't seen this episode, but apparently he had stacks and stacks upon stacks of uh, DVDs of porn. Fascinating. Uh, this was in 2011. Uh huh. When I, I don't know if you know anything about the internet, John, but there's a lot of pornography available on the internet. There are a lot of there are a lot of hubs of pornography out there, right? So you don't need to buy DVDs of it at at all. And uh, when questioned about it, Mister Eminem was very confused as to why anyone would would question his collection. Uh, because he had gotten rich in the time of when you collected these DVDs, apparently. And so he stopped interacting with culture in meaningful ways to the point where he apparently lost out on the entire phenomenon of, of internet porn. Arguably the, uh, the most prolific, uh, the, most, the most fecund of innovations if you, I mean, this explains a lot, honestly. I, I mean, I hadn't contextualized it in this way, but the idea that when Eminem got rich, he really lost touch with reality makes a lot of his later work make sense. Right. I, you can see this with other such people who he's, got... He's got that whole verse in that one song oh. that says, uh, milk costs $10 a gallon. My favorite new comedian is <laughs> Jimmy Fallon. Oh, God. Yeah, it, he lost touch. He Jimmy just Fallon, lost, this was yeah. 2018 when he rapped that. Jimmy Fallon 
hosted late night. Yeah, he wasn't even on the Tonight Show or whatever it's called yet. Yeah, I don't know what he hosts. I have no idea. I really don't. Um, but another such example comes from the uh, the creator of Minecraft, Notch, who became rich literally overnight. Who, when you uh, insult him on the internet, the wait, uh, the fo- creator of what? Minecraft? Huh? Oh, okay. I know the joke we do, but I can't talk about this without acknowledging the person. Alleged creator of Minecraft. Alleged creator of Minecraft Notch. When you insult him on the internet, he will fire back with some of 2001's greatest internet culture, meme culture things. Because he just stopped engaging with internet culture in a way where he could learn and change from it. Yeah, that's fair. I also do think he's always been kind of like an epic bacon guy, though. Well, see, that's the point. He he was an oh, epic yeah. he bacon didn't guy. Have to change that is that why Elon Musk is still an epic bacon guy? I think so. When you amass your fortune, all of your needs are taken care of. There's no more need. Like you've made it. There's no more need to to adapt or learn or try to be with it because you're already with it. You have all this money. I mean, I think there is something at the root of this in that growing as a person does require you to be challenged. That's a reason uh, one of these, I think, is more concrete and germane to what we're talking about. And that is that for the most part, kids who grew up rich are, in my experience, uh, ill-equipped to deal with life because they haven't been adequately challenged. Uh, And also, I think this is why girls grow up faster, because life challenges them more than boys, because boys (laughs) get a lot of leeway. Right, yeah. I I mean, uh, I I would be inclined to agree with that. Life comes at you fast when, at like the ripe age of six, people are making comments about like, oh, she's going to be a looker one day. And it's like... What? I'm in a sandbox, you asshole. Yeah, I'm six, and now I'm having to think about how I need to uh, be perceived for the rest of my life. Thanks. Meanwhile, I had to, I realized I was going to be perceived for the rest of my life when I was like 28. I'm going to be perceived for the rest of my life? Everybody comes to a different time, Henry. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. What were we talking about? Oh, Dave Chappelle. So yeah, he, he got... You know, the unfortunate part is he he found success and got rich and, and was he's unable to engage the audience that he once had in the same way because he just literally can't relate to what we're going through anymore because he stopped going through it himself. Yeah, stop being challenged. So stop growing as an artist. And honestly, I can see the appeal for someone like a Dave Chappelle or to a lesser extent, a Rob Schneider. <laughs> Where if you're reasonably wealthy and it takes a lot of effort to hone your craft because you have to create challenges for yourself, it's easier to just like get canceled and then just ride the wave of cancellation success. Because like, I think people going to see Dave Chappelle for the most part in this day and age aren't seeing him because Dave Chappelle rocks. They might say that, but they're seeing him because they think that they're doing something subversive, that they're part of something, even though they're not. They're they're part of a manufactured narrative that's 
created to make these people rich, but hey, aren't we all? Right. And, and you can attribute, I, I would think, at least some of the viewership tuning into Dave Chappelle to be like car wreck onlookers wanting to see if he's going to bring up any of the controversy that happened over on Netflix on a different platform, which of course he's not going to do. He's a, yeah, he's, he's a, he's a guest on SNL. He's not going to use it as a platform to like further an agenda. He's going to crack jokes about whatever is like topical. And then he's going to go do some sketches and have fun. Yeah. I mean, he's also a smart guy. Like you, you, you don't use that platform for that. Yeah, exactly. You use the other um, parts of your immense platform for your bad opinions and your uh, grudges, but not SNL. Right. And I, I was going to be like, um, oh, it's got the top ratings of the season. Well, yeah, because there's only been like two episodes, but apparently there's been six episodes I mean, of Saturday Night Live already this sure, season. Sure. I mean, it's every week. I just I feel like I feel like I normally have a better handle on how many episodes. Only- what? Listen, Where did these episodes come from? I uh, I haven't. Who watched is a- Miles Teller? Uh, he was in Whiplash, I think. Oh, Brendan Gleeson hosted. What? How- Why is no one talking about this? Because SNL's lame. It's also the Super Bowl of comedy, and I used to. Uh- I used to bristle at people saying that SNL was the Super Bowl of comedy, and then I realized with time that they were right. Because the Super Bowl is just the biggest football game. It's rarely the best football game. In fact, it is almost never the best football game. Right. It's the uh, it's the culmination of teams playing it pretty safe for a long time, and that's pretty much what SNL is. Oh man, I have so many please don't destroy skit skit sketches to watch now. Is that a um is that an SNL thing? Yeah, they're a sketch troupe who are on the internet and now they're part of SNL's digital shorts or whatever, and they're actually the best part of SNL now. Oh, are they those boys? They're those boys. Oh, I like those boys. Those boys are the best part of SNL. And I've got three sketches to watch, dude. Wow, that's a lot What have I been doing with my time? Uh, Reading books, improving yourself as a person. Yeah. Is that that what you've been doing? I have been reading books and I have been, I'd like to think I've been improving myself, but literally I'm just finding new ways to feel better about, we don't need to get into it. That's fine. Dave Chappelle and his high numbers your time in the sun is over. Your weekend has passed. What, Dave Chappelle? His time's over. I'm canceling him right now. Oh my god, if finally we're getting on the train of canceling Dave Chappelle? Not I... for any political reasons, just because his episode of SNL is over, and therefore yes. <laughs> there is no more to show. So in that sense, since we're not making any more of this segment, he is ah. being canceled. What if every time someone went on SNL, that was the last time they could be seen in media or the public ever again? Oh, it would be like a grand send-off. Like, yeah, we'd have to pick the people who go on SNL very carefully. 
I feel like the announcements that they make would would have much more of an impact because it's like, oh, you hear, like, just a, for instance, Brandon Gleason is going to be on SNL, and you're like, oh no, I always liked him. Yeah, I loved I loved all of his stuff. That's a shame. We gotta tune in. We have to tune in. Lord, we got to see how they're going to off them at the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, It's get different every the, week. At the beginning, after the uh, introduction, you see them walk up to Lorne Michaels and they hand him a little sheet of paper. Uh, and on the paper lists how they want to die. Yeah. And you know, time has bore this out and it's weird, but most of them choose dog attack. <laughs> Look, I'm not here to say that SNL has the most humane dog attack squad of any of the entertainment industry or police force or dog fighting ring squad. I just think maybe they they just want to meet that famous dog that's killed all those famous celebrities and then add their name onto his or her list. I'm going to say, I'll come out there and say it, that dog's gotten really good over the years. Like, you know, it's it, there's been a few different dogs, as we all know. The German Shepherd who ripped Bill Murray's face off. <laughs> um, the um, That that St. Bernard that held Sinead O'Connor underwater until the bubble stopped. But they've got a really good dog now. Uh, it's really, like, honed its craft on these newer comedians. This Malinois can jump 50 feet in the air and break Khloe Kardashian's neck in an instant. It is, it is the most visual dog assassination by far. Um, they've, they've just come leaps and bounds to increase the production values and training of these killer dogs season after season. And it's no wonder that like nine out of the 20 guests each season pick death by dog. Yeah. Then the other ones are all over the place. And honestly, I've started to look forward to the dog attack ones, but you never know until the end, which is why you got to tune in every week. Yeah. I'm tired of the people who pick, you know, firing squad of Pete Davidson clones because none of the clones even really look like Pete Davidson. So it's just, it's just, it's just a mess really. If I wanted to see a bunch of people who look like line cooks shoot at someone, I wouldn't be tuning into SNL. I'd be watching the bear season two. (laughs) Right. Took a really dark turn when they gave every, every cook a gun yeah. That they hold in every scene and nobody ever mentions it, but sometimes the gun will go <laughs> off. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting choice. You know I love this new era of television that we're in. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the Chekhov gun <laughs> era. <laughs> yeah, uh, which a lot of people confuse that with Chekhov's gun. No, it is the Chekhov gun. Which yeah. At the beginning of every episode... You're given a little piece of paper, and the gun will go off at some point during the episode, and you have to check that box every time you watch it. That's how you get those Nielsen ratings. Yeah, the Nielsen group has uh, taken a dark turn over the last decade. Right. Anyway, Uh, rest in peace to that killer dog. Rest in peace uh, to Dave Chappelle. And the killer dog, and watch the bear on FX. I believe there's line cooks involved. Sandwich yeah. shop? 
Sandwich shop, kinda. I don't know. The beer's fine. It's good. I have no idea. I just finished the Rings of Power. That's where I am on my television journey. Oh yeah, so much better than the Bear of the Rings of Power, right? I like the Rings of Power. You love the Rings of Power? It's your favorite? I thoroughly enjoyed the Rings of Power. I will die on the hill of this. I, listen, it's fine. It's just some shadow of Mordor ass writing, but it's fine. I enjoyed it. It threw me for loops. It kept me guessing. And people made fun of me for my guesses, and that's fine, too. Can you believe the Frodo? (laughs) He's not in it. Stop trying to fake spoiler. Okay, fine. There are no spoilers. You can't spoil it because it's already written down in books, plebeians. Yeah, you jerks. Uh, But that leaves us to the story of the night, John. Oh, yes, indeed. The story I hinted at at the beginning. Yes, that's right. Millie Bobby Breen says she no longer believes the Earth is flat. Isn't this great breaking news that I'm breaking? This is a real when-did-you-stop-beating-your-wife situation. <laughs> yep. It's a sentence uh, with, with a lot of information in it. This is an amazing opening sentence that I'm about to read. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown has addressed the Flat Earth comment she made on Instagram when she was 14 okay, and clarified that not she no longer... Not even a person at that point. <laughs> she no longer believes the conspiracy theory. Yeah, so apparently, I didn't read that part before I noted the headline. Apparently she was fucking 14. This is not a guy. You know how many stupid shit I said when I was 14 on the internet? You know, when I was 14, I'm pretty sure that if I concentrated hard enough, I could go Super Saiyan. Yeah. Uh, 14, what was that, 2004? So what, three years after 9-11? So what, like I was in middle school maybe? I Pretty, I'm pretty sure I was busy hating everyone. Yeah, I listen. Don't hold people. Don't hold the things people said when they were 14 against them. It's very silly. Yeah. Um, although she says no to believing it, and the test deems her answer true. Okay, so she's uh, she's hooked up to a lie detector. I'm sorry. Uh, what? There's so much happening here. Are you not? Are you not regularly hooked up to a lie detector? Wait, was she hooked up to a lie detector when she was 14? No, no, no. More recently than 14. Okay, when was she um, hooked up to a... Okay. Three days ago, she was hooked up to a lie detector. What is happening with society? TikTok. Great. I, I can't talk about that. I don't want to get censored. Uh, so although she says no to believing it and the test deems her answer true, she's still not completely convinced. Oh, uh, boy. Open quote from Millie Bibi Bobbin. She says, I've never seen the, you know, sometimes when you're on a plane and you can see it, the curve, I've not seen that yet. You know, okay, don't, don't hold things people say when they're 14 against them. Absolutely hold whatever <laughs> she's saying now against her to some degree, because that's kind of silly. Millie Bobby Brown has been in many planes. Hold on, hold on. I've been in plenty of planes and I, I've not seen yet the, you know, the, you, you know, from the plane, many people are talking about, and I have not seen it, you know? Wait, is she under the impression that there's a way that you can be in a plane and see the curvature of the earth? I think that's what she's saying, yes. Oh, Millie Bobby Beanie. <laughs> you would have to go up to what, like, 
the stratosphere to be able to see the curve of the Earth? Near space. Near space? Almost to space? Yeah, almost to space. Yeah, at that, at that, I mean, planes only go that high when they're going to crash right back down so you can experience weightlessness. Yeah, so maybe maybe Millie Bobby Brown should do that. I don't know. Go up put there her on curve. put her on the next mission to the moon. Millie Bobby Mooney. Mooney Bobby Brown needs to go to the moon so she can see the curvature of the Earth. It's very important. Obviously, we're not teaching these child stars enough about the world if they're led to believe at fourteen that the world is flat. I um. You know, Millie Bobby Brown went up to space and said, uh, the earth is blue and I see no God. And also I'm not a hundred percent sure that it's round. <laughs> uh, but you know, she's rich now and she got rich at a young age. So uh, she, she's going to, probably s- hasn't changed at all. She hasn't changed at all. Why would she change? No reason to. That's why rich people believe so much stupid shit. Honestly. Yeah. That's I guess that's the theme of the night. Rich people believe stupid shit. Uh, don't get rich because you'll stop learning shit. Yeah. Rest in peace to that guy who got that Powerball. Oh, man. That dude? Person? That person? I hope I, I hope before – because you got like 30 days to claim. I hope he's like going to a therapist, like becoming his best self so that he can lock that shit in. Oh yeah, Before, if you sense wealth coming, you gotta like learn about critical race theory, you gotta pick up an instrument. Yeah, you, you gotta form opinions about the debt ceiling, like now. You don't have time later. You, you, you gotta do that shit now while you've got while you've got the capacity to learn, because as soon as you collect that six hundred million or whatever, however much it's gonna be, because you know, they they take so much. Uh, you know, that's it for life. You know, we say this like it's a, uh, like it's a funny thing that people have not thought about before with regard to like pedagogy, but like the liberal arts education was literally created because we knew that people had to learn to think critically before they found success in a career. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's why it's part of the core cu- curriculum because, like, all those software engineers, it's like, look, we tried to teach you how to be a person in liberal arts. You rebuffed us because you knew you didn't need it to get your 100K a, a year. That's what sucks about software engineers is that they learned a very interesting uh, discipline, both technologically, scientifically, and also philosophically. Um, but they society taught them all they really needed to do was become really good software engineers so they didn't actually like onboard any of the cool stuff college teaches you uh but it's all fine and they're all rich and they're babies they're all babies they're all rich babies baby rich babies the uh the the biggest one who's who's he's not even a software engineer he's just a billionaire ruining twitter every day and it's hilarious yeah, if only he was an engineer, or at least smart like an engineer. I don't know. But Henry, I don't know how much time we have left on the podcast due to our various censorship issues and technical problems. Uh, we've got plenty of time. Uh, certainly enough time for whatever you've brought. That sounded so reductive. <laughs> Listen. Uh, that sounded like, I, I hate myself for having said that. 
John, we've got so much time for the segment you painstakingly prepared. Yes, here is uh, how I prepared it. It is a news story, kind of the only news story I've been following, other, other than the Elizabeth Holmes trial. Prayers for E. Holmes. Uh, but I've been following this news story somewhat closely and then read a tremendous recap about it two or three days ago to make sure that I knew everything. And then I found out that recap had been taken down when I actually wanted to research it for the episode. So I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants. Uh, But Henry, have you ever heard of a little thing called FTX? FTX. I only recently, so not confident enough to explain what it is, even in a joking manner. It's a Bitcoin exchange or a cryptocurrency exchange. Is that so? It's a way to trade or sell and buy cryptocurrency. Yeah, think of it like a um, like a Coinbase or a okay. Binance or a Crypto.com or an eBull or a Kraken. Um. Okay, so it's one of these one one of these many cryptocurrency exchanges. Uh, but apparently it had a lot of capital behind it. Yeah, so essentially uh, the kind of crux of the story is that the uh, founder and CEO of... Why did I blank on... FTX. Uh, the founder and CEO of FTX, a Sam Bankman-Fried. Uh, it was the second largest cryptocurrency exchange in the world, had a... Uh, tremendously high valuation like 30 billion dollars at its height raised a bunch of money especially during the like crypto summer venture capital and it got into a little bit of hot water over the last few months especially since this like new crypto winter started where uh a lot of uh, various cryptocurrencies have lost as much as like 99% of their value over a very short period of time. Uh, I think critically, if we want to uh, take a look at FTX, we want to take a look at its sister company, Alameda Research, which is a trading and investment company that uh, Sam Bankman-Fried was involved with and also potentially helped to found. Uh, the CEO of Alameda Research is a Caroline Ellison, Sam Bankman-Fried's on-again, off-again girlfriend, uh, which one thing you'll notice if you start reading this is a lot of people are making like judgments about these people's lifestyle and like being in a polycule in the Bahamas or whatever, which, you know, is weird and unusual, but like at least they're at least they're open about it and they talk about it. I'm sure most people who are worth at least a billion dollars have a way grosser and awful things than a relatively innocent polycule of 10 nerds. Uh, and they're just being secretive about it. So maybe cut them some slack there. Uh, but Caroline Ellison has uh, gone on record in interviews saying things like, we don't believe in stop losses for our clients because uh, we don't think that they are a good risk management tool, which is a very silly thing uh, to hear someone say. I'm I'm very lost. Oh no, what are you lost about? The whole thing. It's just all over my head. Uh, Sam Bankman-Fried is a guy. 
He's got a company called FTX, and there's like okay. a sister company called Alameda Research, which is an investment company. Okay, and they don't believe in stock losses as a management tool for yeah, their clients. It, one of the indicators, perhaps, that Alameda Research may not be the most rigorous firm is its CEO saying things like, we don't believe in stop losses, which if you're not familiar with a stop loss, is literally an order on an investment saying, this is the acceptable level of loss I'm willing to tolerate and stop <laughs> losing me money at this point. <laughs> oh, Alameda Research Group. The losses are infinite. <laughs> yeah, we don't believe the stopping of hemorrhaging is the best blood loss management tool no no they're bleeding the bad blood out so that the good blood can do its work trust me i'm a doctor financial humors uh but essentially you're gonna see ftx come up a lot in the news and i'm not gonna get into like all the details of what happened but essentially the argument could be made that they're not like they took a very unique strategy. So like when the 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 newest crypto winter is what people always call it, it's almost like there's a certain degree of seasonality with cryptocurrency where they lose all their value very quickly. I don't know. Uh, but during this most recent, quote, crypto winter where a couple cryptocurrencies crashed and then set the market into freefall, uh, FTX went around with its significant amount of capital and started bailing out other cryptocurrency exchanges. Oh, that's interesting. Like a bank bailing out other banks. Yeah, to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars with, of course, promissory notes attached saying, like, if we bail you out, you'll pay us, you know, whatever amount of money. Most of these places continued to fold despite the huge capital injection. Oh, so... Where did the money go? Uh, nowhere. Oh. I mean, it, it was used to stop the bleeding for some of these firms, but a lot of them went under anyway. Uh, so Sam Bankman-Fried lost a lot of money. Also, just to be clear, Sam Bankman-Fried and also the CEO of Binance and fucking all these people helped to fund the buyout of Twitter. So at no point during us talking about this should you be under the impression that any of these people don't suck. Uh, they they all do, but uh, FTX is now uh, collapsing in on itself. I think a look at Alameda Research's finances found that like sixty percent of their holdings were in the proprietary uh, FTX uh, cryptocurrency, which does not bode well for Alameda Research as a whole as FTX goes under. Oh no! Wait, why would you do that from a financial standpoint? You, you you tethered two of your groups to the same horse. Fantastic question. I I would love for anyone involved to be able to tell me why that is the case. These people believe that crypto was the future so much that they staked a majority share of their holdings on it, and now that crypto is collapsing in every facet of itself, they're just going to fall under. It's uh, it's not good what's happening to them. Uh, one thing that uh, no, this will not get covered a lot, but allegedly one of the reasons this is one of the reasons why people are pulling out is because of an alleged uh, front running practice that FTX had. Basically, they would hold they would allegedly 
hold on to customers' orders, placing their orders ahead of their customers uh, so that their orders would close at a lower or a higher price before they would fill other orders that would like price their orders out. So essentially holding on to customer orders so they could get their own done first. Oh, Very illegal. Oh, yikes. So not filling them as they come in. This doesn't sound good for NFXXXFTX. Well, look, they should have picked a better name. Yeah, it's not good for them. And also, I think Sam Bankman-Fried has stepped down as CEO. And I think the last time I read an update, he was being detained in the Bahamas. And I think Caroline Ellison, his on-again, off-again girlfriend with a cringy tumbler, uh, <laughs> is like looking into extradition to a different looking to flee to a different country without an extradition policy. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they're not in good shape. Does not sound like they are at all. Yeah, I I just wanted to give some color in case people end up seeing FTX in the news, because it's a... And, you know, you can read a lot about this. There's like a feud between Sam Bankman-Fried and the CEO of Binance, who once again also sucks and gave Elon Musk like $500 million dollars. Uh, all these people suck. So read about this at your peril. Yeah. So I have seen stirrings of this in the news. Uh, it seems like a lot of people might have had a lot of money tied up in to this whole cryptocurrency. Oh, uh, for sure. FTX exchange, including but not limited to one Thomas Brady. Oh. You guys might remember Thomas Brady as the football player who got like a $900,000 PPP loan to buy a boat? Yeah, a famously scrupulous businessman, Thomas Brady. Yeah, he also plays football and is getting divorced from his supermodel wife. Um, So he's just not having a good year. And if a lot of his fortune was tied up in this FTX cryptocurrency exchange, as the rumors are, have, have been stating, uh, then yikers... Yeah, also it appears as though part of this FTX thing, they posted about, like, getting hacked, and it seems like funds are disappearing from people's wallets. It's unclear if this was an actual hack or if they are reclaiming funds from people's wallets to offset losses. (laughs) There's a lot of obfuscation going on for what's really happening. Pretty cool. You gotta love, you know, the financial... Industry is always one of the most transparent industries out there. Everybody always knows where the money is and where it's going. It's not all just a shell game. That it's would not, be ridiculous. Yeah, and, and a lot of these things aren't just wealth transfers from people who don't have a lot of money to people who have too much money. That's not at all the case. It's not a combination shell game and bigger fool problem. Yeah, I... I I do feel sorry for a lot of the people who got into cryptocurrency just a couple of months ago, like with all these NFTs and all this stuff, people thinking they were going to make it big. But now you're seeing it all the rug, what little rug that was propping up all of these things has been has been pulled out from under them. You don't see anything about NFTs much anymore. And now cryptocurrency is going the same way. It's just it's it's sad to see, but also maybe don't ever gamble money you can't afford to lose. 
I mean, that's a good rule no matter what you invest in. Yeah. Or exactly. anything you do. <laughs> I mean, smart money is on just... I mean, okay, I'm so... Okay, not a financial advisor. Please don't take any of this as advice. Smart money is on just putting your... What little money you have into a savings account with just the stupidest of stupid freaking interest rates because they're all low. Uh, But at least it can't go anywhere. (laughs) It can't go anywhere. But up very slowly. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get like a 1.5 to 2% if you're lucky interest rate on a savings account. But the good news is it can't be lower than what you put in. And I mean, I'd like to think if we, if we are taking time to like hold out for financial advice, I I would, I do have a a couple little tidbits I'd like to share. Okay, absolutely. So I think your advice is right. I think that uh, a very smart thing for people to do is uh, to take some of their money, whatever they can afford and put in a savings account or a mutual fund, maybe something that tracks like the S and P 500, you know, 500 biggest companies in the United States. So typically speaking, uh, they're going to trend up. You'll be relatively diversified. And that's what you should do with about 5% of your savings. The other 95% you should put into John Coin. Oh, God. I'm starting my new exchange. It's called JTX. That's right. John loves Texas. Where'd the L come from? It's uh, lowercase. I thought it was a T. Yeah, that's Texas. And the X is also Texas because all my X's <laughs> live in Texas and all my taxes will not be paid in Texas. I'm actually a Bahamanian entity. But put all your money into John Coin. In John, you trust. What kind of uh, return on investment can we expect if we put 95% of our holdings into John Coin? Oh, 95% of your holdings into John Coin. Well, it really depends. If you're not a loser, you'll <laughs> hold on to John Coin. And then oh, John yeah. Coin, listen, John Coin's worth 0.000002 pesos right now. But eventually, it will break the one peso barrier. And an investment of $50 today will get you $1.68 million. That could happen tomorrow. Just don't be a wuss about it. Hold on to it. And never sell it unless it profits you, but like a lot. But not all at once. And if you do, don't tell anybody. <laughs> don't yeah, no, brag. Don't tell anybody. Don't get – listen, it's not a get-rich-quick scheme, John Coin. you got to hold on to it. But it will make you rich and quick. And it listen, you've heard a lot of people talking out there about cryptocurrency like – Ah, proof of work isn't sustainable, even though CPU speed is increasing over time and the amount of pins that you can put on semiconducted chips is increasing. Uh, Proof of work just isn't sustainable with the current level of demand. So proof of stake. Yes, John Coin is proof of stake in that to get John Coin, you have to mail stake to an address. (laughs) (laughs) You have to mail stake. To an address in China, the address in China will give you a phone call. On that phone call, you will open your phone. You will purchase Apple (laughs) gift certificates and Amazon gift certificates. You will send those to me by mail anonymously. I will mail you a John coin. 
It's not a pump and dump. It's, it's not. It's not a. I don't even know what that means. It's not that. No, not at all. And me telling you to purchase my coin, this is not some sort of perverse incentive to raise the price of my coin and then I cash out in two days. It's not. No, it can't be. I never, I've never even thought of doing that. No, of course not. No. And I still haven't thought about doing it. And he won't for at least another week. Because that's what happens in a lot of these cases, right? Like they they get a lot of buy-in, a lot of capital gets infused into these these crypto exchanges. And then it just takes like one person to actually like take their money back out. And they take way more than they put in because now the price is inflated and that creates like a mini run on the exchange. So before everyone can take their money out, yeah, the the owners who have a majority of the coin, they cash out and then they just close out, right? I mean, you know the crazy crypto quote, crypto winter we're in right now, uh, where a lot of people lost millions of dollars across various cryptocurrencies. It was started because two cryptocurrencies had like an anon anomalous decline over a short period of time which caused them to crash which ripple and these were not huge cryptocurrencies one was like the eighth largest stable coin or whatever like these two relatively minor cryptocurrencies crashed and then guess what the whole thing went down oh no i mean yeah we're just we're in a, a crash across the entire crypto world and there's nothing anybody can do about it it's a crish because normally what would happen in in these runs on banks and this 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 dearth that's not dearth is the opposite this death of of money is a, a regulatory body like a government would step in and they would bail out the banks uh, the only problem with crypto exchanges is that they're decentralized so there's literally no one to come in and bail them out well, there's part of this FTX thing is there's this whole like bill about decentralized finance that's part of it and increasing regulatory oversight to decentralized finance. I don't remember enough of the details of that to get into it. Yeah. But, you know, do your research. I'll do, I'll, I'll do the Joe Rogan thing. Do your research. <laughs> yeah, sure. Your do your decisions. research and then put like – just whatever money you can in a savings fund, call it your emergency fund, just leave it there, and then just never invest. The end. I mean, don't never invest. Never invest. The Well, I guess get like a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA, depending on what your the gamble you make with taxes, and uh, – Put some money into that, but then the rest just just leave alone. Never touch it. I listen. We'll never agree because ninety five percent of your earnings should go into John Coin. Look, unless I'm getting a significant cut into these John Coins, I cannot, in good faith, uh, recommend that. Well, we have been looking for an ambassador. Oh, well, in that case. Put all your money, 95% of your holdings, into John Coin today. We need an ambassador that bridges the gap between 
So we currently obviously have a maleness crisis going on, at least in the United States, largely in the Western world. Uh, cryptocurrency, you know, it smooths that over because it makes people who will never own anything and will rent everything and are living in in a late capitalist uh, hellscape. It makes them feel like they're like big money movers. Uh, so that makes them feel good in terms of like their career and monetary success. But we need to combine that with like the health kind of primal carnivore movement. So they also feel like a, like a kind of bodily success. So if you could take on like a, a Joe Rogan liver King like personality and be really into John coin, that would be great for us. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I take these supplements every day and they make my John coin earnings go up. Get John coin alpha, the new pill from Flaflaver. Oh my god, he's going off script and it's amazing. I'm the ambassador of John Coin. <laughs> the, the numbers are going up. This is it, everyone. Get John Coin today and you too can put it on the screen, Jamie. And I've cashed out. Oh, okay. Well, I've exited John Coin. I will no longer be advocating for John Coin. I think <laughs> the entire enterprise was a shell game. Uh, and I'm glad I left when I did. And uh, I just want to say that Henry should be ashamed of himself for getting so many people into John Coin. I Why? I saw the better of it. Why are you um, saying this while getting into a line to get on a plane to the Bahamas? I'm just saying, you know, I have a lot of family in the Bahamas. I need to go be alone and spend some time with my family <laughs> in the Bahamas to really think about my priorities. No, I don't have a 20-person antisocial nerd polycule in the Bahamas. It is my family. What's a polycule? It's a bunch of polyamorous people Oh, okay. nobody wants to hang out with. Well, John's leaving for the Bahamas, and I looks like I'm off to federal prison for for my part in the John Coin scandal. So I, I think there's no nothing left to do but to wrap up this episode. This oh. ill-fated, horrible. What are you going to do with this uh, episode, f- flight attendant? Can I have the um, can I have the filet mignon and three glasses of prosecco? Thank you. Three glasses. <laughs> Oh man, I really, I'm really glad I left that podcast and I remembered to turn my podcast lav mic off. <laughs> the range on these things. Uh, if you want to reach us to complain about your stake in John Coin, well, this is where you're going to do it. Go to the ill-fated website twitter.com and search for at zcpcwhj. and complain about John Coin to us so we can get you away from us uh the block button exists for a reason uh if you've got longer complaints or work for the federal trade commission of the usa and you want to send your cease and desist letters uh you can email us oh wait john what does that stand for hey i i don't mean to be rude but i thought first class only one person was sitting in a row no it's two it's two could you move I'll give you $500 right now to, to find it. Oh, it's a full flight? Okay. That's right. And if you work for the Federal Trade Commission of the USA and you want to send your cease and desist letter to us, you can send that letter to our email at email at 
Two, email. Oh, fuck. That's hard. Okay, you can send that letter hey, to uh, our... Seat, seatmate, have you ever just found how easy email addresses are to say? Yeah. Yeah, me too. You sure you can't move, go somewhere else, take a different flight? You can send us the email to email at zerocredits.net and our lawyers will not be representing us. We will be representing ourselves. Uh, we're on a number of Spotify. God, fuck. We're on a number of podcast apps, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. They're all there. However you're listening to us, please find a way to rate and review us on that app and let us know you did so. So we've got something to read while in jail. But the most important thing you can do is just tell somebody about our podcast. Tell anyone, including but not limited to, a person you're sitting next to on a plane. A person you might be sitting next to on a first-class flight to the Bahamas. Yeah, you know, they're going to close the door in like two minutes, so if you could just... If you could get out of here. Well, I mean, I guess while I've got you here, um, I see you've got some headphones. Have you ever uh, heard of John Coin? <laughs> you could probably sell those head headphones for some John Coin. You could tell the pilot of a plane or a flight attendant, uh, anyone in your direct vicinity, you could tell about the podcast, maybe. Oh, hey, uh, flight attendant, can you can you come here? I'll give you $500 to let me sit where the pilot is sitting. He sits alone. Oh, he's got a co-pilot? Oh, man. It's awful. It's awful what they do. Right. So just tell anyone about the podcast in your direct vicinity. Just one person could make all the difference in the world. Word of the mouth is the only way we're going to circumvent a lengthy prison sentence. You know, I'm just really happy I got out of there. The Bahamas is so nice this time of year. Sounds of waves <laughs> lapping. Uh, it was a quick flight, but uh, I'm just glad to be here with my 30-person uh, unattractive nerd polycule <laughs> in the Bahamas. It's, you know, just to leave all that behind. It was so toxic, surrounded by toxic people. Sometimes I felt I was the only one holding it together. But now that hey, I have you guys. Hey, hey, John. Oh, uh, Henry? Yeah, your mic is still on, buddy. Oh, my God. I had no idea. Yeah, and I'm sitting in the deposition now. So if you've got anything you want to say to the DA or the, the many lawyers around this table, now would be a good time. Uh, well, I, I guess there's no better time to say from everyone here at the Zero Credits 40 Unattractive Person Polycule Studios, uh, we'd like to wish you a happy week. All right, John. Thanks. Thanks for that. I'm going to I'm going to handle things on my own. And uh, I guess I have nothing left to say, but goodbye. I'm being detained by the Bahamanian authorities, so uh, I suppose that's a goodbye from me as well. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. See you in prison. See you in hell. <laughs> <laughs>
This is the end of the sketch. Just by naming that, the Zero Credits Ugly Nerd Polycube, you know that means I'm entitled to half. <laughs> oh no, 40. <laughs> Not 40 of my unattractive nerds. Sorry, it's in it's in the, 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 the contract of Zero Credits. I it's get our, half of all Zero Credits. It's in our Articles of Confederation. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Wait, no. What's it called when you start an LLC? <laughs>